This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All. I am Reverend Kelly Isola here with uh, my partner in consciousness and crime, Reverend Ogan Holder. And this is our first podcast after um, being with Unity Online Radio. And now we're we've gone free and wild and on our own. And we're still streaming to Facebook and you can find us on Podbean for the podcast and all your, whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, but just celebrating that this is our our first week solo. Although it doesn't feel any different because we're not really doing anything mechanically different. It's good. It's going to feel different because, because we won't take our, our usual break. We've also, we've also, um, done a little format change in the in the body of the show. Um, you regular listeners will 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 pick up on that uh, a little bit later. Um, there's also no no music playing um, during the live the live broadcast because we not we not fancy like that. We don't have to. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not 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 we'll not him. yet. And uh, and yes, wild and free. God help us all. Right. <laughs> We've been launched onto society. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So this is uh, where we are. We come together weekly uh, in our podcast as well as other places. But here are we to to have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling systems of oppression um, in all its forms, and also addressing the special challenges that can arise as spiritual seekers um, and for spiritual leaders and communities as well. Um, and if you want to join the conversation, you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, our handle is at Get Our Holy On. As we said right now, it's you know you, it's live on Facebook, but it lives there, so you can always go and watch it at any time and and connect in the conversation there. So today we are talking about our title is "I Am From." I am from, which is a, a kind of a short way of of talking about our identity. So in response to, in case you haven't noticed, there's the rhetoric around racism and xenophobia and isolationism and nationalism. Um, It's running rampant in the country uh, in in lots of different forms. The the don't say gay bills, the anti-trans bills, the um, book banning, the it's just, uh, it's continuing to ratchet up um, how let's see how oppressive we can be and how um, xenophobic and how um, you know anti body of cultures we can be. So today we're going to look at identity because each person holds a personal identity, which is the sense of self that develops 
starts, you know, before you're even born uh, and continues throughout uh, your life as you age. And then we also have a social identity, which is our collective understanding of who we are and, and of who other people are. And even that can, you know, shifts as we age, there's a, you can sort of map a timeline of your identity, but we want to talk about those two today and, and what they mean, um, how identity is, you know, it, it has its pluses and its minuses. Um, anything you want to add, Ogan? Um, I'm 48 and I'm still figuring out my identity. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think we ever, I don't, I think, I think uh, along the way, like they are, we land on some of them and feel comfortable and we hold on to them. Um, but even, even within those, those evolve and change over time. They, they finesse a little bit. Um, so, so it's a, it's a dynamic thing, right? Um and 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 even even what it means to be an identity is very is a very interesting definition. You know, we we saw that recently. <laughs> we saw that recently in the Katanji Brown Herons when she was asked, "Please define a woman, right? So what what is what does that mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a man, right? When I say I'm a man, does am I saying the same thing as another uh, person who says they're a man?" So, yeah. so there, so there, so, so definitions of identity and how a person uses them is very, Ooh, there's, there's, I don't want to say uh, loose or flexible, but it's, it's, it can be subjective um, yes. uh, as well. It is subjective. Um, and, and um, one of the things, one of the new pieces we're adding to the podcast is, is towards the, the, the end, latter end of the podcast, we're going to explore some, some headlines of things that are happening now that relate to the relate to the subject that we're talking about. So, so later we'll see how in our, in our culture in um, this, this, and, and Kelly alluded it, alluded to it earlier. Um, these laws are being passed that are around identity and an effort to, I guess, um, put, um, not boundaries, restrictions on identity, uh, define, Right there, you go to homogenize identity, um, and 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 what it means, and then to label some definitions of identity as as bad and some as good and all that. So so yeah, so we're gonna dive in a little bit. Bad but dangerous and and you know and unhealthy and and so 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 let's jump in um, with you know you mentioned social and personal identity. Let's let's start there and and see where things unfold. Yeah. Well, I want to start with the social identity because sure. it's um, uh, it, because there is an actual, you know, there is you can watch the cycle of socialization. Like you can watch, you can see how how an individual is socialized, right? How they become part of social meaning community. Social meaning, you know, how we be out in the world, how we understand ourselves with others and how others see us or how, how they be with us. So the, the, that cycle, and this comes out of, you know, some science and psychology, but we are born, you know, we're born into this world wherever we're born <clears throat> and to whoever our family is, whatever the circumstances in, that we're in, we are born with the mechanics are already in place. Um, so we've already been um, um, socialized um, even, even I believe, it, and I don't, 
I don't know that any scientists would agree with me, but some would, I think, even in utero, right? Because the because we know the fetus can hear, right? We know that <clears throat> that it's that being fed by um, by mom, right? So whatever mother is eating or drinking is is passed to the child. Um, there's you know there's natural rhythms in life of sleeping of you know playing. I mean, there's just all these things that get bombarded, you know. Um, Maybe bombarded. Yeah, right. the, 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 condi- the conditioning doesn't start after birth. Right, right. So then we're born and the mechanics then are already in place that um, um, of, uh, you know, how parents are being and, and we're, we are um, taught from relatives, from teachers, from parents, the people around us that we love and we trust. Um, we're taught norms, we're taught expectations, we're taught what to value. Um, the roles that we play, um, we're shown how ways of being, we're shown what to be inspired by, we're shown, you know, what, what the sources we have for, um, uh, for our dreams, we're, we're shown the sources for education, we're shown things to be afraid of, we're shown things to look forward to, we're, we're just were shown all of these and and even before and in a very it, it's you know you hit two years old I mean almost pre-verbal yeah. there's a lot of these things already in place and so, and 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 a lot of it is very implicit as well right yes, it's not, no, yes. no one's sitting down <laughs> right. telling telling a baby right. or a child um it's it's just happening yeah and, and and that's how the learning happens so there's this limited information and it's packaged a particular way, or there's no information given or misinformation, but it's not, as you said, you don't sit down and say, okay, now here's how you be out in the world. Here's right. how you be with boys. Here's how you be with boys. You know, some of that does happen. Certainly there's, you know. Well, it often it happens too late. <laughs> yes. right? We yeah. want to have these yeah. conversations with our kids when they're like, maybe depending on the subject matter, six, right. seven, eight, or, or they're about, you know, 11, 12, 13. Like if you haven't, if you're, if your kid's 12 or 13 and you haven't talked to them about sex yet, it's way too late. Like you've, right. you've missed the boat. So <laughs> they, know, they know more than you think they know. Right. So it's important. To, it's that's why the beginning piece is so is really, I think we don't pay enough attention to. And yeah. what makes the, all the book banning so scary is that's when they're learning. Yes. Um, and, um, but, but it's also important to understand that, that um, you know, our implicit biases um, are largely unconscious and it's, 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 you know, placed within us without consent, without even knowing. Right. Um, so it's, it's really one of the, one of the part of this journey of, you know, healing, um, uh, healing the oppressive systems that that rule this country and healing racism is being able to hold those biases as um, without having guilt and shame about it, because it's not going to change if we walk around holding the guilt and shame about them, but being able to see them and recognize because they're largely unconscious, we have to do the work to make them conscious to go, oh, that's the engine that was driving my boat, time right. to you know turn that off. So, you know, before we even get into institutions, meaning a school or, you know, or, or whatever early child development, you know, years look like, wherever you are with others outside your immediate family, there's already been a very serious roadmap laid down. 
um, yeah. for our social identity. Um, and then we move into, um, you know, larger and larger institutional and, and cultural and more communal. So, you know, by now we're, you know, listening TV, <laughs> music, movies, um, you're in school. Um, Video games. Starting... What? Video games. Video games. You're starting to notice the legal system at work. You're starting to notice healthcare. Like if mom ever, you know, takes you and <clears throat> to a doctor or you just go because mom needs to go and you're young enough where you're, you know, you and maybe mm-hmm. your siblings too, um, you know, cultural practices, food, your church, your social media, dog, social media, social media, yeah, social media. everything is now we're really into being bombarded. Yeah. Um, and again, it's all unconscious and unconscious. And from that, from all of those, these inputs, and we didn't even mention all of them, we learn about some, some things are enforced, some things are punished, some things are rewarded, uh, you know, some are, oh, that's the privileged place, you know, that feels good, I'm going to go that direction, there's, you can be empowered, you can be persecuted, you, you know, there's all, there's different um, ways of enforcing these, these, you know, cultural. Can we, can we blame some people for wanting to go to Mars? Honestly, I don't, yes. I don't blame them. <laughs> Yes, we can. But, <laughs> but, yeah, feel free. I'm good. And at the, the, you know, and then what happens is, is that's how we by instant, by enforcing these things um, with punishment, with reward, with persecution, then we get, you know, anger, we get um, collusion, we get ignorance, we get hatred, self-hatred, right? We get violence, we get, and it's, we're just continuing to perpetuate. Um, yeah. And the self, the self-hatred is a, is a, big piece because uh be, because you know we see rates of of depression and suicide rising in teenagers especially uh queer teenagers and a lot of that is because um their identity is being maligned by yeah. so many even within their own families and and how do you reconcile being told that who you are is wrong right well, there's a, there's a lack of reality. Yes. So I, I don't fit in the, there's, I look out and there's this reality and it's not my reality and yep. I don't fit in it. I don't belong in it. Um, so there's this self-hatred, right. And, and the anxiety and the stress, everything just continues to grow. There's a dehumanization. So we're creating, um, we're creating a dehumanized, um, space a dehumanized culture yes Uh, and 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 what a lot of folks don't realize is how much of the the desire to homogenize uh, both social and personal identities is tied to white supremacy culture we 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 think it's religion or we think it's uh geography um but and and to some extent those are true but those also come from those uh, those white supremacy norms, right. um, which says that 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 heterosexuality is the uh, is 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 the way to be, right? right. Which says which says um, you know what else? It says this is the norm. Anything that deviates from it right. is not, and and so you need to socialize yourself exactly to the standard. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Same thing with white, white bodies. Yes. That's the standard, the norm from which all 
other things are exactly measured and that and that and that shows up still to this day in 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 uh in appearance you know whether it's hairstyles or clothing or even body image body type um all all, all that stems um from there um and again the the deviation from that norm is is seen as as a, a perversion if you will yes yeah yep and which then if that you know and that perversion there's enough of that and then you you potentially will find others who who are in the same position as you you know that um it, it's how you get violence yep you 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 know how long can you you know beat people up and and dehumanize and oppress and, uh, and until eventually you know it it's and it doesn't mean that um that the targeted group gets violent it's that eventually we we what happens is is we get a choice we can either move towards changing or we do nothing and we just keep repeating the cycle yeah the cycle of socialization so what happens when we take a direction to change then then you know okay we're not going to be quiet anymore we're going to stand up whoever we is um like um and say something and that's going to interrupt and it's the more that we so like what we we do interrupt that cycle interrupt the the system um the more the system is going to push back because it wants to stay alive because it has a something in place that benefits itself yeah yeah exactly exactly so 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 how does this all tie into the to our show title uh, i am from dot 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 i am from <laughs> And well, uh, and let me ask you, where are you from, Kelly? <laughs> it's not in our script. I'm going off the script. Where are yeah. you from? <laughs> well, I'm I'm from. You know, when I think about that question, I'm from a lot of places. I'm from a lot of people. I'm, are we all? Um, yeah. So well, you I, know that you know I should not say that. Some of some of us are not from a lot of places or a lot of people. No, I know. I'm always amazed when I see. If you ever watch that, you know, finding your roots with. Um, uh, Henry Louis Gates on PBS mm-hmm. when he looks at people's you know their lineage and their family their ancestry but I'm always amazed when he does the the DNA part mm-hmm. and then there's a person who's 99% European white I'm always like wow yeah you did not get up much did you <laughs> yeah no, I, uh, yeah or even even I remember I remember when I when I lived in uh when I lived in Missouri um, and I was teaching at a school and I, I, I lived, um, I lived about 25, 30 minutes outside the city. And, uh, uh, I would carpool in with another teacher, um, who lived relatively close and he, he was born in a town about 15 miles away. He grew up in that area, always lived there, had no desire to ever leave there. Like, he's like, this is all I need. And, I was like, that sounds so depressingly boring. And I was very, I was very clear. I was judging it. I was judging it as wrong and it's not wrong. I was just being clear that, and, and, and he could trace his, his grandparents. No, it was his great grandparents that moved to that area. So mm-hmm. like three generations back, they were all located there. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm from Barbados and this is now in the U S at that time. It was like the, 
uh, third place in the U.S. I'm living. Since then, there's been three more. Like, I move in every four or five years. Like, I have, you know, was that song Papa's a Rolling Stone? I don't know. That's the best yeah. an- best analogy to use. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, like, you know, I'm all over the place. And so, so there's these two totally contrasting life experiences. And, and he's looking at me going, I can't even imagine. And I'm looking at him going, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, you know, we, it's a great, um, it's a great example about this social identity that we're talking about, because what's important to each of us uh, about our social identity is different. Yeah, his, his, his identity was rooted in his location. Yeah, you know, where, whereas mine was more rooted in myself, bringing myself to all the different locations as well. And, and, and there's, again, there's no right or wrong here. The issue becomes when we make it right or wrong. So I remember at the time, at the time I made it wrong. I said it was boring. I said it was depressing. I was like, you know, that's, that's, I, at the time I was like that, that is, that is the most suburban white thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I'm white and I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I was making it wrong and, and, but that's as, that's as far as I went with it. Right. But, but we have people who t- today, especially with the pol- politicization, politicize, what is the word? Politicized. Politi- the, politicized. There you go. Let me, people who politicize. <laughs> these 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 both cultural and societal and personal identity differences as 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 things to weaponize and yeah. and and to your point that's when we get in trouble that's that's when we skew into violence and um that's what we have to watch out for especially when we're not clear that we're consciously holding these biases well and what's the, the so the reason that we talk about starting with the social identity is that it's um, uh, it, privilege operates by trying to normalize the elements of our identity over other elements. Ooh, so, ooh say that again. Privilege. Privilege, white privilege. Privilege mm-hmm. operates to normalize some identities over others. Nice. Yes. So privilege operates to make skin. Let's just start with skin color, and we call it white privilege. That mm-hmm. white skin color to normalize that that's the norm from which all other race skin color is measured. Yes. That's the standard. English as, as your native language, your first language yeah. is becomes the, you know, tries to normalize that that's the, the um, uh, normalize that identity over someone that speaks a different language. Yeah. Um, and I don't, it, you know, it's, this is, so here's the, the, how it's, is I don't ever think about English as like, if you ask me about my social identity and some of the elements, you know, I'm mm-hmm. um, white body, I'm cisgender female, I'm that, you know, th- how old I am, um, you know, maybe the religion I grew up in, um, you know, class, what class, socioeconomic status, um, like there's these elements of our social identity, the groups that we kind of fit in, but I don't ever think about English. I rarely think about, you know, mentioning to someone that English is my native language because it just is because it's the norm. Right, um, right, right. Uh, and and for me, for me is sort of the same, but it's a little different every time I go back home to Barbados and I come back here, right? Because every every time I'm here and I say, uh, 
controversy instead of controversy and get weird looks. I'm like, oh, that, that's right. I got to, I got to, got to speak American. Where am I? <laughs> got to speak American as opposed to when I'm in Barbados. So when I'm in Barbados and, and, and the, the English, the American accent um, is a little strong, you know, so people from there, you know, they kind of look at me weird because now I'm this, I'm, I'm this hybrid of, of Barbadian and, and American. So, so even though it's, it's not a different language, the, you know, the accent, the accents, the, the colloquial terms, the affectations of the language are different. So it does, it, it, it does become a thing, presence of mind for me um, as well. So some of, just to, to add a little more detail to it. So some of the aspects of our social identity are, as I said, our socioeconomic status, your gender, um, your sexual orientation, um, your uh, first language, your national origin, um, your physical ability, your ableness, mm-hmm. um, your age, your if you have a religious or spiritual affiliation, your race, your ethnicity, um, <clears throat> your, um, y- you know, th- those are just sort of the biggies kind of thing, the, the big identities, um, elements of identity. And the, what, what's in, when we go out into the world, we, we look at these things, but we don't necessarily realize that we're noticing these and how we, we kind of you know, lump ourselves together. Um, and the more, so this is how we identify white privilege, right? If you think of like this big circle and this pie and there's all these slices to the pie and they each have a different <coughs> um, label of the things that I just mentioned, the closer you are to the to the middle, which is where white privilege is, and what the norms are. Remember, I, I as I said that um, um, you know identity or privilege operates to normalize some identities. So the the norms for some of these identities is, for instance, for gender is male. That's the non-targeted group. Anybody outside that doesn't identify as not just male but heterosexual male. Um, white, you know, um, uh, you know, middle class, upper class, even lower middle class, on up into ultra rich. Um, the English as your first language, or your your the America being your national, you know, your origin. Um, that you are able bodied. There's really not anything you can't do. That that your religious or spiritual affiliation, whether you practice it or not, but you grew up in a context of a Christian. Um, so all of these, these, those elements that I identified of our social identity, the social groups we are sort of grouped into, those are all closest to the center of this, think of this circle with all these pie slices. And that is, those are all things that identify as the norm, you know, which is white privilege. So the closer you, you the more of those things you identify with, as um, as what is normative, the more privilege and power you hold, um, which to me means the more responsibility you have to to actually deconstruct these systems, to break these barriers, to to off um, to disrupt what's normative. So to speak. And 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 part of that disruption begins with acknowledging that you have those privileges and yeah. and being mindful to to observe how you have been using them 
mm-hmm. right? Consciously, and more importantly, unconsciously, the assumptions that we make, you know, um, a, a great example, which is which is one we are we've all heard about, is you know the the difference in the conversation um, white parents have to have with their teens who are about to learn to drive, and the black parents have to have with their teens who are about to learn to drive, right? Those are two wholly different conversations that are that are that are happening, um, and and it is a privilege if you are a white family to not have to tell your kids. Here's what you do so that you don't get shot while you're out driving. Okay, that's that's not on their radar. Um, so so that's that's an that's an example. Um, yeah, and and uh, um, you know what are the things we hear about? You know, driving while black, running while black, shopping while yeah. black, being in Starbucks while black. You know, they're all um, elements that point us to our social identity. And, and it's, uh, so the thing, the thing about identity as well is keeping in mind that it's not, um, it's not a static thing, not even a little bit. Um, there are elements, some elements, you know, um, I'm not going to change my skin color, um, you know, but it's, but there are many elements of our identity that change, that yeah. evolve, that as we grow older, um, 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 they they change and and it may be that I change them like I consciously change them because I begin to learn more of how this privilege that I have um, and some of it may change just just as a function of what changes outside of me right. and I'm like you know what this isn't you know this isn't me this isn't what I'm going you know there's just as I continue to learn more about me and how I fit and how I belong and how I operate in 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 our culture or in our society, um, in different communities, even um, I might change, you know, how I'm being, what I believe, because keeping in mind that those un- implicit biases, those unconscious, you know, societal norms that were implanted before I could even walk and talk, you know, those can begin to surface as I as I move through my life. And, and as they surface and, and we're mindful of them surfacing, and then we, I guess we kind of sort or, or rank which ones become more meaningful and important to us yeah. um, and, and, and living from those, you know, and, and that, that shows up, um, especially in this country, um, that shows up in our politics as well. And, and, and then we get into this thing we call identity politics, whereby, um, you know, dependent on on that social identity will will attach to or or develop um political leanings that that coincide with it um as well so that's again inherently not a bad thing but then when some choose to weaponize that um is then when we when we start to have problems Right. Um, so, so for example, you know, in our in our current climate, we see um, both parties, both parties using um, identity as elements of their platforms. Yeah. Although one one's arguably using using it to provide more rights and liberties to certain identities, while another party is seeking to strip those 
away and 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 make what you described as the closer to the center of power those characteristics make those the the norm um well we saw that in the uh the um the confirmation hearings with um justice katanji brown jackson the 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 people that were i was gonna say questioning her but it really wasn't questioning Um, it was more like attacking and um showboating showboating yeah but if you notice the ones that were um the most divisive and the ones that were most excuse me um you know, you sit and listen and you kind of go, what? Like, is there a question in there? In fact, I think she even said that a couple of times. Is there a question in there? Um, were the older white men with money, heterosexual, you know, Christian based, like it just like there's there's a whole there's a room that is a mascot for this social identity that are, you know, elements of their identity closest to the power and privilege that what's frustrating is they actually have power and privilege and are not using it to um, to dismantle you know, racism. So then we have our personal identity. Ready to move on? Yeah. Yep. So uh, our personal identity now is is exactly that. It's very personal. It's it's now we start to look at um, um, you know what's what's my favorite food right? Uh, what's my favorite um, plant? You know, what's, um, do I have military experience? What color is my hair? Um, what's my work background? You know, do, what is my thinking style? What is, um, you know, what, it just gets, it gets very personal of family traditions, right? And, and um, even places I've lived, uh, what you know what what are things that i that are meaningful to me that maybe i collect right what are you know genres of music or movies that i really like now we're getting very you start to get much more personal um and and that also includes looking at your own lineage right looking at your own ancestry mm-hmm. um because they're because i come from we're each made up of this long you know, along lots of people have come before me. Yeah. You know, and I've inherited a lot and I may have no idea. And I don't know that we, so as, because for the most part, white bodies don't think of white as a culture, um, we don't ever pause to look at, wait, what is my lineage? Yeah. What yeah. And, and for, and for so many black people. Yeah. Be, be, because of how our ancestors were enslaved and, you know, no real records kept right. of pre-enslavement times or uh, a lot of, as we look back at our lineages, they kind of stop just a few generations back. Right. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a certain disconnect um, in, in, in terms of, and we can, you know, we, we've had folks, you know, who do DNA tests and so on to get a sense of, here's here's where ancestrally i'm from but for a lot of folks there's no there's no direct tracing that back at all we go back you know maybe a a few hundred years which is not a lot of generations and and that's it right well and the the piece of that too is not and not even having a name yes there's there's that too um that you know 
how often do we see the stories of, you know, that the last name is comes from the person that enslaved. Yeah. Hello, me, Holder. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's a thing. Um, um, so our, so for me, the, the personal identity is, is important. Um, because it's- so hang on so you know i got i gotta share something real quick because that you yeah. know i just jogged a memory um what's fascinating in growing up in a former british colony is that that whole naming thing was further perpetuated because when we the tradition in british based schools was to refer to each other by last name mm. so uh i remember i remember growing up in like elementary school and being taught that and being called by and calling my friends by their last name. So a lot of my friends didn't call me Ogan, they, you know, they just call me Holder. Mm. Um, and I'd call somebody else Griffith or call somebody Cumberbatch, which were all names again of the, the slave holder, um, the, the, the slaves, the enslaved people were assigned. So we even further perpetuated it. Uh, as well, whereas my first name, um, Ogun, is you know a Yoruba deity, the god of iron, coming out of the West African Yoruba, Yoruba tradition. That'd be the one that you know. Yesterday is the one I refer to most of all. But but that just that just dawned on me the further mm. uh, you know wow. carrying on of that tradition of tying me to my enslaver. Of teaching and and not even knowing that's what you're doing. And not even knowing that's what I was doing. It's just like, yeah, yeah this is what we do. We call each other by our last name. And the teachers are calling us by our last name. And yeah, it was that, like, I just made that connection. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whew, gonna, you know, need a moment. <laughs> yeah, we probably need a pause there. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So wait, should we? No, you know what? Let's not, let's, let's not take a break now. Let's mush on. Okay. Let's mush on. Well, it's that's so, but that is um, a beautiful example of, of why we, why, you know, the conversation is important. It's pliable, it's flexible, but why the conversation is important because as we begin to heal, right, when these things surface, it's now something, it's an, it's part of who you are and what you are that, um, that now I can take that and there's, there can be you know, pain in that there can be, you know, there's, there's uh, unconscious trauma. So Mm -hmm. when we begin to heal these things, um, then we, then it just, things just change how we look at our world, how we look at ourselves changes. um, And then how, including how we think about outside ourselves. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking I might just need to officially drop my last name and just, like I'll be like Oprah, just go like Ogan. There you go. Ogan. I'll just be Ogan. Be Ogan. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I have not met any other Ogans yet in my life. So, um, uh, and how many Oprahs have have we met? Uh, exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, I don't. I I and I I do know a few people who have either dropped their last name or changed it. Um, not wanting to to own, not wanting to have the name of the ins, you know whoever enslaved them and their their ancestors, yeah. but um but um but you start to but you can see much more how 
um, the identities have shaped us and how these identities have shaped the world around us. And in order to fit in, right? Because this is just what we do. And, um, and then, and to point us to, okay, now what do I do with this? Um, and this is where the piece of, you know, kind of holding it loosely yeah. or, you know, being able to be pliable with it. Um, you know, we, we begin to shift perspectives. We begin to see ourselves a little differently. We might have a shift in our own sense of how we be in the world. Um, you know, uh, an understanding of a truer identity that's larger perhaps mm-hmm. and, and, you know, keeps moving beyond, um, you know, whatever you've been given, right? Remember we talked about the socialization, whatever stories you've been told, histories and heritages and, and just keep moving beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got another fun story that I just remember okay. when I was, when I was publishing my book. Um, I remember um, someone and I don't think this was, this wasn't anyone in the, in the, in the publishing office. This was, I think just a, a you know, fan or congregant at some church I was visiting actually said to me, you know, you might do better with book sales if you change your name to something more that people can relate to. And I don't think I need to tell you what complexion that person was that told me that. <laughs> and for like half a second, I thought about it. I was like, huh. I was like, yep, yeah, nah. No, no, no. My, 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 I, my name is unique. I think, I think unique will stand out and not to choose a name to blend in. But again, to your words, the homogenization is, is, right. is very, is the desire to do that is, is strong and unconscious because this person, I'm sure uh, they thought they were doing me a favor, that they were trying to help me out yes. um, by saying, yeah, that weird name you have is not going to fit in. So right. yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Well, I uh, always, um, you know, my last name, uh, Isola, is Italian. It means island in Italian. And it's just five little letters, but nobody can ever pronounce it. Um, and I, I always knew in school, uh, you know, when you, when you sit, at least schools I went to, you know, the first day of class, the teacher runs down the list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always knew when they got to me because I heard the first name and then there was this dead silence. Um, and so I would just raise my hand and say, here, I mean, I, I reached, it didn't take me long to figure out that you're not gonna, um, that you're, that you're looking at my name on a list and you can't say my last name. Now I'm not, I'm not equating that to the story of your last name. It's just a, it's an ethnic thing. And it's a, for me, it's part of my identity, the, you know, Italian and um, and that's important to me. It's so important that when I got married, I'm like, I'm not taking your name. I mean, it wasn't just a feminist thing. It's that I like my name. I, you know, there's, it's important to me. It means something. Right. Me. Um, you know, growing up in Italian traditions and, and Italian food and, and, you know, big, noisy, annoying, loud, you know, families. Um, you know, what, when, what, what would the name have been if you, if you. If I took Fraser. Name? free Got it. okay i'm glad you didn't do that yeah no um 
And, and, uh, but even when people would come over, you know, friends would come over, they were like, how come everybody in your family yells? I'm like, we're not yelling. <laughs> Say, hey, same, same thing, same thing from the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first, the first time I took, uh, I took Jennifer there, uh, my late wife. She's like, why is everybody so loud and angry? I'm yeah. like, no, we're not. Trust me. You'll know when we're angry. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, now at this point in my life, most people in my life are these, um, you know, white Southern men. And I'm like, oh, you guys are way quiet, you know, <laughs> Can't handle it. Um, but it's, but it's been for me, the, the personal identity is, it can be one of the more powerful places that, that, that helps me um, own who I am it helps me see where some of the woundedness might be or identity related harm. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I can start to heal it. And the irony is that as I focus on and get clarity around elements of identity, um, we actually um, develop, they, we actually sort of loosen our grip on, on some of those. And we're a little bit less vigilant um, because sometimes we get very vigilant around those. This is me. This is who I am in order to avoid being hurt. Um, and so as we continue to look through the world, through these different lenses of particular identities um, and the ground that lies underneath them, the, you know, that and, and uh, go deeper into them, ironically, we, we start to loosen the grip on them and, you know, develop a new level of awareness. Um, and see that we're part of this greater whole. Um, you don't have to, I don't have to lose anything of me yeah. in order to connect and be with the greater whole. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that, that feels like a good, uh, break point for right now. Um, so we can take a little break and when we come back, um, we're going to dive in maybe to a little bit of how identity is showing up in politics and in, some headlines um, of things that are happening in our world right now. And um, yeah, we'll have a few discussions around that. So uh, we'll be back. You're listening to with love and justice for all. Through mindfulness practices, focusing on anti-racism, we increase our emotional resilience, recognize our biases, and make real our common humanity. Join Project Sanctus every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern for Walking Each Other Home, a weekly guided meditation and embodied mindfulness practice on Zoom and Facebook. Let's walk together on the paths of justice and racial healing with humility, kindness, and love. Learn more at ProjectSanctus.com. All right, we are back and um, in our discussion, we, we, we are highlighting the, the, the need for us to be able to identify um, when we have these unconscious, I guess, um, attachments to, you know, um, making certain identities 
right or wrong or whatever. And, and again, they may not be conscious just part of the conditioning we received since birth or even pre-birth. Um, but, but one of the opportunities we provide for you in order to examine those is um, our affinity groups. So twice a month, um, Wednesdays, 7.30 PM um, on Zoom, we, we gather um, and, and we talk uh, and we just talk about things. Sometimes we, we have intentional prompts. Sometimes we ask what's up for folk. Um, one, one of those groups, we, we do all together, white bodies and bodies of color and culture are all together. And then one of those groups of the month, we, we split um, and Kelly takes the white bodies. I take everyone else. Um, but, but part of the ongoing discussion is I take the leftovers. I said we take everything out. I know, else. and it just sounded. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's what happens. I know. <sighs> Sorry. There's, there's. Well, you know, it's. It, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> the bodies of culture. Yes, bodies of culture. Um. So, so, so part of part of how why these affinity groups are important is because a lot of times we don't know what we've internalized until we're just in conversation and say a thing and somebody can point out, Hey, you know what? You've just, you've, you've just shared, you've just, you've just kind of outed yourself a little bit in having this attachment to this certain um, way of being um, and making everything else wrong or making the opposite wrong. Uh, So it's, it's, it's a, it is a safe space to do it. Um, and we are always gentle and compassionate, but we are very clear to point out uh, these things. And just as uh, so, for example, we just did that uh, not too long ago, the I am from, um, which is the title of this episode. We, we did an exercise around that where people were asked to basically create create a poem based on on prompts connected to the I am from and it's it's always fascinating to see those who may struggle with that, um, and those who weren't, um, because as Kelly said, as, as white bodies, you don't you don't often see yourself as a culture. You don't often see yourselves as as a peoples. Um, you're just you, you're just there, uh, for for lack of a better better terminology. You just exist, um, and and so to so to create something about where you're from. Um, it, it was challenging for some folks and they didn't even know it was challenging until they had the opportunity. And it was a bit of an eye opener to go like, Oh, wow. Uh, sort of deal. So um, hit up our website, projectsanctus.com and, and get some more information about affinity groups. Um, yeah, Kelly has a nice write up that is a lot more eloquent than what I just tried to struggle through. <laughs> uh, and pre-registration is necessary. It doesn't cost you anything to show up, uh, but but check that out. Um, so let's let's spend a little time on on some headlines and yeah. and w- what's what's going on in the world. Um, I do want to start with this um, survey that recently uh, came out by the Pew Research uh, Center. And if you don't, if you've never just visited their website and scrolled through some of the stuff that they that they do, it is they are for me like the most uh, the the best source of uh, humanity. Like if you want to find out what human beings are about and what they really believe and think and be head yes. over to Pew, um, they, they do such a good job. So, 
So they did a recent um, research and it was a long-term long range in research. And um, it, the, the, the title of the research or the main conclusion from the research might seem kind of obvious, but it is really, um, um, it, it really goes far and deep. And it says race is central to identity for black Americans and affects how they connect with each other. And some of you might be saying, well, duh, but it's not, it's not a duh at all. Um, and so, so here's some, here's some highlights from this, um, from this survey, this research project that they did. Um, significant majorities of black Americans say being black is extremely or very important to how they think about themselves with about three quarters overall saying so. So when you hear that, um, you know, whatever race or ethnicity that you are now, is it really important to how you think about yourself? So you, Kelly, as a white body, is being white extremely or very important to how you think about yourself these days? Uh, more so than ever. More, more so than ever, primarily because of the work that we do, right? Um, and and I think, and I think for a lot of white bodies in this culture, it may also be important, but not for the right reasons. <clears throat> it's 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 important because it's been politicized, and and there's a running narrative that um, some folks are seeking to uh, what's what's the word uh, make white being bad. Um, you know, when we talk about the 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 backlash and the pushback um, against critical race theory, which is again not a not a thing that's really happening in schools, but but that that's been that's been weaponized to yeah. to, to say that we're educating our children um, to to believe yeah. that being white is bad, which is I should be ashamed for being white, yeah, which yeah. is not not not, not it at all, not it at all, which just yeah. is. Um, you know, perpetuating the, you know, when you, like when you said how important is, you know, being white, like how often do, it's about how do I think about it? Do I think about it? And it's, I would say, I would actually say for most white white bodies, it's very important, but they don't know it. Mm. Yeah. It, it, It is because to have to think about it is too inconvenient and it's too painful. There's that. Uh, here's here's another thing that came out of the survey. A significant share of Black Americans also say that when something happens to Black people in their local communities across the nation or around the globe, it affects what happens in their own lives, highlighting a sense of connectedness. Um, um, here's an interesting little piece um, about how uh, we think about ourselves as Black people. It varies by age. So while majority of all age groups of Black people say being Black shapes how they think about themselves, younger Black Americans are less likely to say this. Black Mm -hmm. adults ages 50 and older are more likely than Black adults ages 18 to 29 to say that being Black is very or extremely important to how they think of themselves. Specifically, 76% of Black adults aged 30 to 49 80% 80% of those 50 to 64, 83% of those 65 and older hold this view, while only 63% of those under 30 do. So, wow. yeah, you can dig in, you can dig into all the reasons. Um, and more women than men. Yes. Um, and here's, here's another one to set up for me because it most applied to me. U.S. born and immigrant Black adults are about as likely to say being Black is important to how they see their identity. 
the majority of black adults who live in the United States were born here, but an increasing portion of the population is comprised of immigrants. And of those immigrants, nearly 90% were born in the Caribbean or Africa. Regardless of their region of birth, 5% of black adults say the country they were born in is very or extremely important to how they think about themselves. Sorry, 58%, not 5%, 58%. A smaller share, 46%, say the same about the places where they grew up. Mm. When I, you know, and I remember um, going back to that being younger thing. I didn't think about it much when I was younger. Even when I was younger here in the U.S., I came to the U.S. when I was in my uh, nineteen twenty to go to college. But it's only within the last, I would say, ten years, maybe even less than that, as I am, as I as I got into middle age that it it it's become more important where i'm from and my identity as a barbadian has become more more top of mind more present of mind for me than it was when i was younger um and i and i think that might be common as we get older and we start to reflect back right because when we're young it's all about you know making our way in the world get the job uh, you know, being successful in our fields, like, or, or, but, but now as we get older, it's like, you know, we reflect back on and what our life means. And, and part of that is where we are from um, as well. So, so that was, that was an interesting. Uh, well, and uh, what's interesting about it too, is that as you tease out other elements of identity, like socioeconomic status, uh, like, um, um, uh, sexual expression or sexual identity, the numbers start to to really yeah. drop quite a so, bit. Yes. So if you're interested in taking a deep dive into that, uh, we put the link up in the comments of of uh of on, uh, on Facebook. Facebook so you, Live. Yep. Yep. So you can connect to that. Um, what's a headline you got? So one of them um, is, and this is a little bit connected to to what you were just referring to. Um, that um, um, uh, the so black adults most likely to say being black is extremely or very important to how they see themselves. Eighty two percent were Democrat or lean Democratic, mm-hmm. but only fifty eight percent were Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's you know I don't know what that means just looking at the numbers, but certainly something to dive into. But there's um, um, but the, an article that, that I found, it's titled Democracy is the Next Identity Politics. Mm. Um, and um, it's about um, um, really, you know, democracy not, not being a Democrat or Republican, although, you know, generally speaking, uh, someone who identifies as a Democrat tends to be, you know, a little more liberal or moderate you know, there's moderate Democrats and there's very liberal ones, but, um, but democracy itself, which includes, um, uh, you know, freedom of speech, yeah. it includes, you know, some of these shared values of freedom and, and respect for all human rights. And, and it's so that those values um, are really now starting to become, so we talked about these elements of our identity, you mm-hmm. know, age and race and, and gender, so that, you know, democracy itself and how we think about democracy and, and, and even democratic Republican 
you know, yeah. parsing that out is now becoming one of the ways that we identify um, and or identify our social identity and how we group ourselves um, even more so. It didn't, there's, which means there's this larger and larger chasm, you know, and, and between and affiliation, Democrat, Republican, and now we're having to go into what you mentioned a long time ago. Well, what does that mean when you say, right? Um, because, because there's chasms within the parties as well, right? So, yes. so yeah. when, for example, we look at the Republican Party, you know, those, those democratic values, again, not democrat as in the party, but the, the democratic versus authoritarian values that right. that were once held up by the Republican Party have slowly and slowly, well, I shouldn't say slowly, within the last, I don't know what, five, eight years have shifted thanks, thanks to the last Republican president, who shall go unnamed, um, towards authoritarianism, right? But but they but they still uh, you know, put it under the guise of democratic values. So yeah, you can have free speech, but you know, you just can't say you just can't. You, 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 your free speech has to be along certain lines of of ultra nationalistic patriotism, yeah. right? Yeah. Or or you know, we 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 want you as. Uh, parents, or we want you to be able to choose for yourselves. We want freedom of choice, but that choice gets limited at abortion, or that choice gets limited right. uh, health care if you are trans. Like, you know, you can choose as long as your choices stay within the range of, like we said before. Yeah. It's what, one of these three choices. What, what, yeah, what those what those homogenized uh, power power social positions were. Well, and what's and so when you were talking about the the, the previous article that the you know the the younger in age the less important like the lower mm -hmm. the percentage of how important it was. Um, the same is true with this. This is coming out of younger. Um, uh, younger age people like the, the um, as just it's caring less about um, uh, some of the other social identity markers or facets and yeah. more about uh, are we human, right? Yeah. Are, are we, where's human rights? Where's the shared values? What is, you know, is freedom, you know, where or um, really about human rights. Um, yeah, yeah. And and speaking of human rights, here's a here's another like you can't make this up sort of headline um coming out of coming out of Tennessee. Um and mostly you you must have heard this by now because it because it, it went viral um um last week. Um the, in, in Tennessee they're debating adopting a bill that would make uh camping on public property a misdemeanor, which is really code for we have to get the homeless folk camping under the bridges uh out of public view right. right so 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 and what we know is that again that disproportionately affects people of color um and minorities so so you know this is this is the bill they want to they're, they're trying to pass and as they're debating this bill uh republican state senator frank nicely what a name <laughs> i know wait a minute let's pause on the the cognitive dissonance of that right 
right? He says, and I'm just going to read this from the Washington Post because you can't make this up. As he attempted to make his point on Wednesday about how homeless people can change their fortunes, nicely picked someone who went from homeless to historical for all the wrong reasons, Adolf Hitler. And he says, I haven't given you all a history lesson in a while, and I want to give you a little history on homelessness. In 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets and practiced his oratory, his body language, and how to connect with citizens, and then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. Wow. So Nicely, who said he supported the bill to criminalize homeless encampments on public property, added, it's not a dead end. They can come out of these homeless camps and have a productive life. Or in Hitler's case, a very unproductive life. Yeah, I like I, I got nothing else to say on that at all. <laughs> well, and, and then they so went bizarre. on to actually pass the bill. Yes, uh, it was it was so bizarre. But again, but again, so this bill, this bill um, allows law enforcement to punish um, people who are houseless. Um, it's a misdemeanor. So it's a $50 fine and, and community service. Um, and how are you going to make folks who don't have anything and are doing their best just to survive and are housing challenge? How are they going to pay the 50 bucks? They may not pay that fine. What happens is yes, community service, if you're lucky, but yeah. And how would you like them to get to the, whatever? What community service would you like them to do and how would you like them to get there? And yeah, and it'll probably result in jail time, which will be on the record, which will affect their ability to be hired for a job and on and on and on it goes. So so yeah. so this is this is this is again one of these um, um, taken taken and um, um, when we talk about um, class and, and economy and and what a person what a person makes and doesn't make here's here's folks who i mean tennessee lawmakers so let's assume at the worst they're upper middle class they're probably rich um and looking down at those of a lower economic class and saying you don't belong you don't belong in our in our in our even in our in our site our line of sight you don't belong so we're gonna we're gonna make it illegal for you to exist in a public space yeah just horrendous I, uh, yeah i can't even <laughs> i don't even uh, part of the scariness of it is how many times actually nazis or hitler gets used as an example on a congressional floor somewhere yeah. Um, as though, you know, so, in, a good, in, a, in a way that's supposed to make someone's case, not denigrating the guy and, and the Holocaust and genocide. Yeah. But this time, hey, inspiration, man. You too could be Hitler if you are homeless. <laughs> I don't know. You got, you got any other? You got one more headline? It's a palate cleanser, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my. Well, um, uh, yeah, not not sure if it's a palate cleanser, but um, not as not as bizarre, maybe. Not yeah, not as bizarre. Um, but um, the you know we have these um, you know these wars, culture wars going on around critical race theory and sexual mm-hmm. orientation. You know, in schools. Yes. Right. This what they're what this article from ABC News calls schoolhouse culture wars, 
um, and how that's going to be a factor in the 2022 midterms. Um, so looking at sexual orientation, at race, at, um, you know, for me, the book censorship is um, points to multiple, you know, elements of identity. It's banning books that actually point to different elements of our identity, of, um, you know, our sexual orientation, our gender identity, our race, our language, our religion. And, um, you know, they're some of the most divisive um, issues around, you know, identity, identity politics are being played out and, you know, blown onto kids. Yeah. Um, we just saw in Florida, um, apparently they are banning, I don't know, like 40% of the math books um, because math books, mind you, because they are pushing critical race theory and, and they haven't given officially. Wait, wait, the math book is pushing critical race theory. Have you not seen this? Yes. Uh, they, you know, yeah. So, no, so, so part of it. So, so, you know, they didn't give specific examples, but you know, this is why we have Twitter because now some of these parents are tweeting pictures of and examples from their math books. And basically why it's pushing critical race theory, quote unquote, is because uh, their examples, uh, you know, when you have word problems and their questions and, and they're referring to historical things. So for example, I saw a picture of a question referring to, um, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. I should have had this up. Um, um, black jazz singer, who's probably the most famous black jazz singer of all time. Uh, woman, uh Billy Holiday. There you go, Billy Holiday. Right. So Billy Holiday, um, sorry, brain brain aneurysm for a second there. Billy Holiday had a very, very difficult upbringing, right? Um, um for a while she I, she was a sex worker. Um, and um there's ref so somebody um shows a picture of a math question that is related to Billy Holiday's upbringing. Um and and you're probably thinking, okay, that what does that have to do with with math right and at the same time somebody's response to it finally a question that is interesting about math because now when you have a when you have such real life historical situations going on now you're like oh i didn't know that about billy holiday let me go look up billy holiday let me go investigate this so there's there's this like cross platform learning and as a person who works in public schools this is not unusual Right. Um, I was a music teacher, but in a weird twist of fate one semester, thank you, no child left behind. Uh, I actually had to teach math. Yeah. Right. And when when we teach when you teach math, there's not just numbers on a page. They set up work, real life scenarios in order to try and teach the children how to make math applicable. Right. So so some of these real life, real world scenarios that set up math problems um vary and and part of what they realized was that a lot of those real life scenarios were very white oriented <laughs> and and children of color i was i was working in the Kansas City uh, inner city charter school that was predominantly children of color they could not relate to the questions being asked uh right so over over time what what um of textbook um, creators have done have made have created questions and scenarios that are a lot more inclusive and cross-cultural um, as well so so mm -hmm. the this is this is the issue that now these um, anti-crt 
movements are taking issue with. Let's get back to homogenizing the textbooks so that there's no reference to um, any ethnicities or Black history or anything, um, you know, unless it's within the narrow confines of a history class. And even if it's within the narrow confines of a history class, it can't, it can't, you know, make white bodies feel uncomfortable. Um, so, so yes, so, so that's, that's a, that's a long-winded example of where some of that pushback is coming from, um, as well. So, yeah. I was just, I was just looking at the article, at, a, at a, an article about it from NPR, um, and all these articles that we're talking about, I'm putting them in, uh, the Facebook Live, the chat feed, um, but there's, of the 132 books that were submitted for review, they rejected, so they took out 41%, yep. 41% of these books. Yeah, yeah. Okay, these are the kind of things that that um, I have these moments of just give up. Like, this is just so... Well, it's, it's a, it's a sad irony that the party of free speech is doing so much censoring. <laughs> yeah, yep. Right? Uh, it's, it's like, I, I'm like, do y'all even hear yourselves when you, when you say these things, we are the party of free speech. We are the party of, of rights and liberties. And, um, and this is the censoring you're doing. So, you know, it's, well, and they're, they're, you know, in the free state of Florida, apparently free state of Florida is their tagline. <laughs> yeah. Let's just annex Florida. Um, so, so what do yeah. we do? What's, what's our response? Uh, let's come full circle to what we're talking about. Our response is again to do the work to to realize and 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 uncover these unconscious, um, especially identity driven biases that we have within us. And then when we can do that, then we got to take this into the voting booth, right? And yes. elect people, elect uh, members of both, especially uh, local. Um, governments, state governments, um, federal government, um, who um, are not coming from a place of these deeply embedded biases that will seek to disenfranchise certain identities. That's, that's, that's how we bring about the change. Well, and I think it's, I think too, I would really implore people to, and this is, this goes back to that other article about how um, democracy is a becoming a social identity is encouraged or an identity in the identity politics is that to yes get out and vote and um, it, just stop looking at yourself as a Democrat or a Republican and look at what does the person stand for what what are they you know supporting what are they how are they moving human rights, you know, issues yeah. forward? Um, and also do a little research when they tell yeah. you what's bad. Go yeah. look it up. Right. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. If you have a question about CRT, come to us. We'll set you straight. <laughs> or Go Google ahead. it. Yeah. You have to come to us. Just just Google it. Just well, look it the up. reason I didn't say that is because there's a lot of bullshit on Google. But this is but, this is this is true. This is so. this is true. Um you're, you're correct but on that. Do your own work, do your own identifying and your own unconscious biases, come to an affinity group, get uncomfortable, like stop it because it's inconvenient or painful. I don't want to do it. Well, tough. Guess what? 
come come over here come be with us we'll help you but <laughs> get out and vote do your own work yes. um, be willing to to create something very different yeah uh, so thank you for listening uh, to this episode, uh, where whatever platform you're listening on, um, I'm sure you'll have the opportunity to rate uh, the episode. So, so give us some stars, some thumbs up, whatever it is on your uh, respective platform, uh, share it on social media, tell your friends about it. And hopefully we will see you in um, one of our uh, either affinity groups or one of our book studies or our Thursday morning meditation um, lots of opportunities for us to dismantle and decolonize all of these biases within us and create a world of love, justice, and equity for all. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.